Uh, we're back. Um, uh, it's 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 been a little while. I'm in the studio with a strange man. I haven't seen him in years. <laughs> it feels like years. Well, you know, let me do this again. I, I am Josh Moon. And the other person that you hear here is David Person. Uh, and I had to be reintroduced, and, <laughs> and so now we're going to start all the way back over with me not knowing the name of the show again. I'm right, right, uh, right. But it is Alabama politics this week, and very um, good, very good. Uh, and you know what? We're we're going to do uh, we're going to do it every week, apparently. So uh, well, that's, that's awesome. I know, right? It fits right in with the name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we we took a little break, uh, you know, and that's. We'll we'll recap. Uh, we've been off for a little more than three months now, and mm-hmm. uh, that the entirety of the break was not necessarily planned. Uh, but right. uh, you know, but but you were working. Yeah, you I was. were working on getting some of the yeah. uh, behind the scenes stuff with the mm-hmm. podcast kind of shored up. Yeah, and you were keeping me posted on that. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it, it, so when we came into this, we thought we've got a pretty good product to offer mm-hmm. uh, here to uh, to a market that uh, is is vastly underserved. Well, uh, and I mean, look at the numbers. Yeah. Right? Right, thousands so, of streams, and that's what we right. wanted to. That's what we wanted to see. We mm-hmm. wanted to. You know, you have a theory. You want to test the theory. It's how science works. We're yeah. all about science here. We're all about well, it. I'm as far away from a scientist as you can be. <laughs> but we have, believe in it. Yeah, we, we believe in we, it. We, we do believe in it. Uh, but no, it's so. You know, we are. Uh, we went about this, and we had several shows, and the and the streams. You know, and the subscriptions took off for. You know, relatively speaking, we're not Pod Save America here, mm-hmm. you know, and, and mm-hmm. we're not going to be. We're a, we're an Alabama show uh, about politics, and we bring on people who are mostly Democrats. Uh, you know, that won't always be the case, but you know, a lot of people that aren't typically heard from around here, and that's that's what feeds that's, into the market that we're looking for. That's right. You know, that's uh, right. so you know, we, that's what we wanted to do, and it worked out very, very well. And so we wanted to, uh, number one, get ourselves on on a better platform uh, because we were just doing this thing with Chip running the intro. Chip does a great job. Chip uh, is awesome. Yeah, and uh, makes Chip it sound awesome. like we know what we're doing and all that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, but we wanted to, to put it on a platform where we could get the ads and get things going like that and uh, and also then gain some support uh, outside of that. We, we've done okay, yeah. you know, uh, money-wise and, and things, but we wanted to make sure that we, we were set up for the long term and uh, because we, we also felt like if we had a product strong enough that, you know, if, if it wasn't, if people weren't going to do it where we had started from, we could do it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's, um, we, uh, everything worked out. And, uh, uh, and, and let me toss in one thing. I know that this is an Alabama politics centric kind of mm-hmm. podcast, but here's the thing you and I both know, and a lot of people know that Alabama is like the poster child for red state America. Mm-hmm. So Alabama politics is about it. it you know, it it, it 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 ultimately is a reflection mm-hmm. of some of the larger debates that are going on in this country. Uh, yeah, you know, and I and I would argue that while you may be in New York or you may be in L.A. or somewhere else, there are things that we talk about on this podcast that really will resonate. Yes, because. 
Alabama's at that at, 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 right at the heart of the culture yeah. war and the, well, and the political ideological war. Well, when Trump took over, mm-hmm. uh, it was essentially the Alabamization of America. Absolutely, uh, you know it was. Absolutely, you, we, we, you, and I said it, but as he was yeah. going, because you could see the band of idiots that he was taking with him, right? Uh, with well, Jeff Sessions, I was going to say and, Jeff Sessions, uh, you know, Chief and, and all, yeah, yeah. I mean, and there were a lot of communications people that went along that had worked in this state and around this state, and uh, and so you could see it coming that mm. Alabama was uh, about to, you know, the the federal government at that level uh, through the White House, the executive branch anyway, was about to. Uh, was about to turn into one big Alabama, and uh, and that's what's happened. Uh, you know, with the corruption, uh, the greed, uh, the self interest, the stupidity day in and day out that you just can't wrap your head around. That yeah, I mean, every day you walk away thinking, "What the hell was that?" Right. Uh, and that's pretty much how it is to cover politics in this state on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It's just the rest of the country has gotten a taste of it now. Right. And everybody, oh, I'm so tired of this. And in the meantime, people in Alabama, are like, yeah, man, welcome to our world. <laughs> this is yeah. Tuesday, baby. Yeah. What are you talking about? So, no, you're, yeah. you're, you're exactly right about mm-hmm. that. But, you know, it, but still, you know, in, in judging us and in, in, in where we are, we're doing better than your typical radio show in, in only, mm-hmm. uh, what, three or four months. And yeah. so... Um, you know, we're, we're, we're very hopeful for the, uh, for the future here. And we've got some people that are going to be on, you'll hear, uh, starting in November, some ads and things that are, uh, they're, that are going to pop up with some, uh, you know, we'll do some reads and things. And we, we have, uh, we think we have a pretty good base level of, of support from people that, uh, that kind of believe in what we're going to do. And, uh, and, you know, and hopefully we'll, we'll, uh, yeah, it'll be mutual, mutually beneficial for everybody, yeah. uh, here. And, uh, we can toss and support that their way, but you know, and, uh, and let's and let's just say again, you have been our leader in this <laughs> on the business development side. We appreciate that, and you've had a team of people you you're working with on the business development side. Yes. You want to shout them out? Well, no, no. I mean, no? Yeah, listen, I'm the Keep leader. The I get closet. all the credit. Okay, well, uh, uh, but listen, if there's anything that screws up, I'll let you know who those people are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I'm, t- I'm taking the Trump model, uh, all of the credit, none of the blame. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's like Obama said. Yeah. Uh, Obama said he wants all the credit for the economy he inherited, and none of the blame for the pandemic that he ignored. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sums it up pretty nicely. But no, I, no, that, that there are. Uh, you know, Anthony Daniels is, has been you know really really great about mm-hmm. doing this. Uh, there's some other people who I don't think probably want to be mentioned. Uh, that have helped out and, and made some calls. And, um, you know, I, I'll say this. I think a lot of Democrats in this state would be pretty surprised by the willingness of some people who they would not necessarily agree with politically and philosophically on some things, how willing those people have been to help uh, and the amount of help that they have volunteered uh, and pushed for. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I think what it is more than anything is a lot of people have, have taken a look at the state of our state, and they are discouraged by the one-party system mm-hmm. uh, that we have and where it's going and what its effects will be on their businesses, on their lives, on their livelihoods, on their educations. Uh, so I think a lot of, of people are are kind of starting to turn the corner on some things. So, so wait a minute. You're telling me that people are finally beginning to recognize mm-hmm. that, you know, constantly putting up the middle finger towards science <laughs> and equality 
and diversity uh-huh. at a time in the nation where we're becoming a more diverse population than ever, not just racially or ethnically, but in terms of lifestyle, mm-hmm. in terms of sexual preference and gender orientation, uh, sec- you know, all of these things. Mm-hmm. So you're saying people are finally in this state are finally waking up to that reality? I, I think some are, yes. Uh, and uh, and it's uh, it's listen, it's been as surprising to me as it is obviously to you uh, that with some of the people that have uh, that have had conversations with me about what what they wanted to see. Uh, in the future of the state, and listen, I, I'll, I'll be straight and tell you that a lot of it is is just pure personal greed. Uh, you know, for, okay. for some of these people, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, but for for some of them, I do believe when they believe them when they tell me that um, they're 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 interested in in the betterment of the state as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, and that they don't believe that they can get there with a one party state, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, because you you can't overcome the corruption, the, I mean, it, you just can't, you get too far either way, you know? Well, and I, and I get that. I mean, especially with the parade of uh, crooks that we've seen over the past couple of years yeah. here. Uh-huh. But, um, but, you know, I would argue that even, and, and of course, like you, mm-hmm. like you're saying, I mean, I don't want to see, I don't want to see uh, one party that just completely dominates everything mm-hmm. because that does tend to breed corruption. Mm-hmm. But I will say that at least the Democratic Party at least talks a good game in terms of inclusiveness, in terms of diversity, and the kinds of basic fundamental values that help to create a healthy society. Yeah, and and I don't don't disagree at all with that. Uh, What I do, where where I would draw the line is is the way things were in this state prior to Republicans taking over, Hmm. uh, which was a one-party state of Democrats in name only, for the most part, because you had a lot of these same people who are now Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, that that's point. true. That's a good uh, point. And it was just yeah. an opportunistic move from you know from one party to the other because that's where the money was, and mm-hmm. that's what all they're looking for. And that's that's what's happened now. That's the reason why um, you know you you can't you, you can't do anything in the state because it's so gerrymandered by the party that's in control mm-hmm. uh, that you can essentially win races on one issue. Uh, you know, and if abortion, for example, yeah. right now, it's so gerrymandered to the point where you've, you've packed all of the of the Democrats and minorities into certain districts uh, there. And then you've made these other ones ultra liberal, ultra conservative uh, districts, the majority of them, where if you go in and say, you know, I'm a I'm a pro abortion candidate and that's what I'm running on. Well, then you're going to get 24. Percent of the vote, and that's going to be more than enough to, to win for you. Uh, pro choice, I yeah, mean, uh, yeah. The, well, pro choice, or rather, pro. You know, the, I don't think anybody's pro abortion. Well, I, I'm pro. I, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm pro life. The pro life. So, if you're the pro life candidate mm-hmm. in a lot of those uh, districts, you're going to win going away. Yeah, uh, and it's just you know, it's those sorts of things, those single issue things that go into it. Because if you look at the numbers overall, even in this state, you know, abortion is not. This dreaded thing, uh, you know, that you bring up and everybody's like, oh, you better run from that. It's not. Most people think that the legalization for safe abortions, you know, especially early in pregnancy or allowing doctors and patients to make their decisions uh, the way that they should. Most people agree with that. I I interviewed. um, Geez, I'm blanking on her name now. I'm going to look it up because she deserves better than me fumbling around, not saying her name. But I interviewed the doctor 
African American female mm-hmm. who is um who is the um the litigant yes. uh, in this case uh, that uh, has shaped Alabama that is shaping Alabama case law um, and Alabama politics around the issue of abortion. And uh, I'm going to look her name up here real quick. Um, She told me some amazing stories about the kinds of births Mm -hmm. and complications with birth that she has encountered. And, And when you realize how tricky this thing is, how it's not just cut and dry, how um, literally women's lives, not only women's lives are on the line, Mm -hmm. but babies' lives and quality of life Mm -hmm. are on the line. You know, you realize that all of the politics, you know, we need to extract the politics and the sharp-edged ideology and the religious fundamentalism mm-hmm. out of the conversation. Yeah. This should be a conversation about two things. It should be first and foremost about the individual's right to control what happens inside her body mm-hmm. and that no one in the government should ever have the right to go inside of anybody's body and dictate what happens, not male, not female. Mm-hmm. The other thing it should be about is the science of it, the medicine of it, the medical considerations of it. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, when you put it in that context, um, it just, it it becomes a different kind of conversation. Yeshika Robinson? Yes. Dr. Yeshika Robinson? Yes, 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 that's it. And I, you know, she's just, she's just brilliant. Yeah, and and the thing that would shock a lot of people about Dr. Robinson is that she actually identifies as a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, so for many people, for her, you know, she's doing what she's doing. I mean, she said it to me flat out that she's doing what she's doing because of her faith, mm-hmm. because of her belief uh, uh, about what what kinds of um, care women ought to be able to have when you when you have a baby yeah. who's going to be born without part of its skull, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. or part of its face, for example. Um, I mean, that's the kind of thing, you know, she started, to, or with its brain outside of its skull. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just amazingly disturbing things that you never hear about in this discussion. Yeah, well, it's the, the nuance, you know, you, you can't have nuance in the, in the in this fight of things here, because, you know, at this point, I think everybody uh, that, that has been involved for any period of time uh, looks at this and, and can tell you that um, you're, you're going to stop way, way, way more abortion with, uh, through quality medical care, contraceptive availability, mm-hmm. uh, and proper education. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, it's off the charts. I mean, mm-hmm. look at what's happened in uh, Colorado uh, when they put the program in that gave free contraceptives. Away. It's it it the abortion numbers have dropped, right. declined steadily, and because if you have a ban, as we've seen over and over and over again, that doesn't reduce the number. 
abortions. Right. It reduces the number of safe abortions. There it is. There um, it is. And, and there then, it you is. know, in this late-term nonsense that people talk about, it's so ridiculous, all right? Th- those people, if you've known somebody who's gone through a late-term abortion, you know that those people went through absolute hell mm-hmm. uh, because they were planning a 99% of 99.9%. They were planning to have that baby. They, they the baby. Yeah, they wanted that baby. They've right. already picked out furniture and names. Right. and I mean, everything was right. going along great. And they got they went to the doctor one day and they got the worst news they could possibly get. That's right. And so that's what they're having to go through is this terrible ordeal. And now you're wanting to inject yourself in the middle of in that. In the middle of their family crisis. Yeah, and tell them that they can't do what their doctor is suggesting that they do. That's right. Uh, or, yeah. you know, and it's just it, it's so heartless and it's so, you know, the, the cavalier. Uh, we know what you're, you know, and vil- just vilifying these poor people mm-hmm. that are going through it. It's so stupid, and it's, it's so stupid. It is, and Josh, it is absolutely uh, antithetical as a Christian person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's antithetical to Christianity to to seek to impose your personal belief system mm-hmm. on somebody else. You don't know yeah. these people. You don't know what their walk has been. No, and you don't. And and but the worst part about it is, is they're not even imposing their beliefs because if you told these people their story. A ninety percent of them, at least, would be like, oh, "Yeah, you know." I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know now. I don't know because there's some hard, there's some really hardline people out there. I, I don't. I know that, but I just I, I think that even among those hardline people, I think that those hardline people, almost all of them, know somebody who's been through that, and they don't connect the dot. Josh, you're such an optimist. Well, maybe. You know, I, and I, I have no idea how we even got here. No, I, don't I, I just kind of so said, just kind of the car swerved, and here, here we are in this lane. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but I, yeah, because honestly, I was just going to go back through uh, a little bit of a, of a recap of the last few months. And, yeah, you know, maybe that's basically what it, what the recap of the last few months has been. Now that we're we've got the uh, the Handmaid's Tale offered. Uh, that to mm. on the Supreme Court and uh, Barrett, uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, which apparently Tommy Tuberville couldn't remember her name yesterday, but which is great. <laughs> uh, couldn't remember the Voting Rights Act either. Or God help us it. if he gets elected to be our next senator. Yeah. God help us. Hey, well, then you, God's probably going to have to help us. You know, I, I think Doug would have a chance in a in a state where there was no straight ticket voting, but in this yeah. one where there is, yeah. I, I, it's a, it's such a huge hurdle uh, for him, uh, and it's just, I, I it's it look there. There's nothing, nothing, nothing that you can look at with mm-hmm. Tommy Tuberville mm-hmm. and say, well, that's the reason why I'm voting for him. There's nothing. I sure don't see it. I mean, you look around at what's going to happen to this state without, I mean, it. he's going to cost us billions of dollars uh, if you vote for him over Doug Jones because the Democrats are more than likely going to take over the Senate. So they're going to have the Senate. They're more than likely going to, have, barring you know a Russian invasion, uh, they're probably going to have the White House and the House. So you're talking about at this point having a guy who everybody respects. Now and you can say whatever you want to say about Doug Jones, but you know that in that Senate, everybody there respects him, from Mitch McConnell all the way over to everybody on the far left. They mm-hmm. all respect Doug, and they all talk to him. And he's had 23 bipartisan bills go through that place mm-hmm. at this point. 
more than any other senator in America. Right. At this point, in two years. Right. You know, so you know that they respect him, and you know that he's going to wind up on a solid committee mm-hmm. there, and you know what that means for this state, because if you all you need to do to prove that is to look at what Richard Shelby has done. And I was going to say, you know, we've got, we're going to go from having, and even when Jeff Sessions was there, you know, I, while I didn't agree with his politics, I knew that he understood Alabama and what Alabama needs to try to continue its development. Richard Shelby has been brilliant at that. I don't agree with his politics, but he's been brilliant at it. Yeah. So with he and, and Doug Jones up there, we at least have a shot to continue moving in the right direction. But my God, if Tommy Tuberville gets in there. Well, you know, you know, somebody who could probably speak pretty pretty well on that is, well, let's, is, is Doug Jones. Himself. Uh, yeah. Himself. Yeah. The man. Yeah. Doug so Jones. I'll tell you what, let's, let, let's slide out for a second here. All right. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, we'll, we'll finish the recap up after uh, after the interview with, with Doug, and uh, we'll, we'll get the good senator on and uh, and talk to him about things that are going on, uh, Tommy Tuberville's uh, sketchy side, and, uh, and what the prospects look like at this point. Uh, this is uh, Alabama Politics This Week. We will be back shortly. Alrighty, welcome back in here to the podcast. Uh, we are happy. Uh, you know, we, we had uh, Senator Doug Jones on, uh, I believe, our first episode when we it started was. this thing. Yeah, it right? was. Yeah, he and, kicked it off for us. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we couldn't think of a better guy to have us to kick it back off uh, here mm-hmm. than Senator Doug Jones. And, uh, Senator, welcome in. I, I told you before we, we got started here, and there, there'll be no hardball questions like, you know, what's your name and, you know, <laughs> what's the Voting Rights Act or anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. All right. Uh, well, I guess I, I guess the best place to start uh, here is is just for get an idea from you where where things stand. I think you know people have seen a lot of polling, and uh, you know, where in your mind where are things right now with about a week and a half to go. You know, Josh, thanks, and thanks for having me. It's great to be with you guys again. Um, You know, look, I think we're right where we need to be. I mean, everything has been moving in our direction uh, that we have seen. Uh, as, as Tommy Tuberville refuses to debate, refuses to come out, and what few times he opens his mouth, people see that for what it is. And, they, and they've also focused on my record. I mean, you know how this goes as politics go, as folks, as the election gets closer, people start paying more attention. And so they started focusing on the record that I've had in this Senate for the last almost three years now. And uh, so we feel very good. I mean, it, look, it's a horse race. There's no question about it. We got a lot of early voting going on. There's a lot of energy out there. Um, we're going to sprint to the finish, and I feel very good about getting across the finish line. Yeah, you know, uh, looking at, at your record, and that, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up because uh, David and I just mentioned this uh, heading out of the first segment was you, you are the the bills you have been able to get passed, the bipartisan bills especially, uh, has been, is really remarkable in the first two years of a of a guy being there i mean that, that doesn't happen I, I don't think people understand the the rarity of that because most of the time a freshman walks into that place and nobody pays any attention to him at all uh yeah i mean we I mean, you know guys we're I'm, I'm really proud of that record i mean and that is i think a, it, it's a testament for having someone that has come in in a really partisan atmosphere uh in a minority party but has came in there reaching across the aisle 
trying to sit down and say, we want to get things done. We want to make sure that things happen. And the only way you can do that is to reach across the aisle, also within the aisle, to do those things necessary to, to get it. So it, it is, it's really good. We've, it's, those bills help the people of Alabama. They help our veterans. They help our farmers. They help small businesses. I mean, it's a, I, I'm really proud of that record. And, you know, I, I was on a call earlier with some media today and the guy that was asked, you know, people say you're too liberal. And I'm going, my, he said, what do you say to him? I said, please check the record. Please look at what I've done. Just don't look to a, a lion soundbite, a 30 second TV ad. Check the record and you'll see that I, I think I've got a, a record that really, that really represents uh, the people of Alabama and done things for the people that folks can be proud of. Well, wait a minute. You're, you're not for taking everybody's guns and, and, and stuff? <laughs> no, no. No, not, not hardly. I mean, it is incredible. You know, I got to tell you, guys, it, it is, we are in a, it's a bad situation where we're in, in which the people, the Republican Party of Alabama and Tommy Tucker will get so desperate to win an election that they will say anything regardless of the truth, anything. And that's on guns, it's on women, it's on, you know, it's on, def- you know, defunding the police, all of that. It's just stunning when I see this stuff. Hell, Josh, I, I even saw a postcard that the Alabama Republican Party put out that said, I voted against the historic Trump tax cuts. <laughs> I what? I wasn't even in the Senate when that was voted on. It's stunning. It's just stunning. And to be clear for the folks who are listening, I'm not going to take your guns, okay? <laughs> right. I'm not going to take your guns. Uh, I don't want anybody coming and taking all the ones that I got sitting in my gun safe out in the garage. Mm-hmm. So, Doug, let me ask you about the blueprint for winning. You you said you feel good about where you are and so forth. But, you know, we do we we do. We have to acknowledge we're in a blood red state, you know, and with all of the with all of the, the toxicity that comes with extreme partisanship, we find it here in this state. What's the blueprint? What do you how do you how do you convince people that? You know, as I've heard people say, for example, you know, uh, you know, I'm not voting for a Democrat as long as the Democratic Party, you know, is you know, stands for fill in the blank, you know, uh, uh, same sex marriage or or, you know, is is not considered to be pro-life, even though I think that's really something that can be debated vigorously. But uh, but how, how do you what's the blueprint when you're facing that kind of of, of resistance from people? Well, first of all, let me challenge you a little bit. I don't think we're in a blood red state. You know, clearly Republicans have won more races than Democrats have in the last 20 years. But the fact of the matter is, if you look behind those wins and losses and who has voted and the numbers that are out there, the state's a lot closer. We have a lot more in common than people think. Are there people that vote on like single issues? Yes. Uh, And that's unfortunate instead of looking at the bigger picture. But it's a, no, that single issue is important to them, and so it's hard to argue with them. Um, But what we've tried to do is to say, look, 
We're trying to represent, you know, a United States senator tries to represent one Alabama, all of Alabamans. You're not going to agree with me on every issue. Let's look at the whole picture. Let's look at what we've done for the business community in this state and the Chamber of Commerce awards I received for my pro-business stance, which helps jobs, which helps the economy. Let's look what I've done on the Armed Services Committee, not only to bring in hundreds of millions of dollars to Alabama, but let's look what I've done to help modernize our uh, um, great military to keep this country safe, to keep you and your children and your grandchildren safe from foreign interference and foreign powers. Let's look at what we've done for health care and how we've led the effort to try to keep rural hospitals open, at talking about expanding Medicaid, giving everybody access to health care. Let's talk about what we've done for veterans, eliminating the military widows tax, working to try to get a burn pit registry, working to try to make sure there's a buddy check system, working that we passed this week and signed into law the most historic veterans mental health legislation that's ever been uh, passed. So let's look at all of those issues. That's what you have to do. You're never going to convince someone that is a single issue voter and that is their only issue. If I'm on a different side of that, there's just not much I can do. But I sit down and just say, let's find, let's see where we can find common ground. And that's why we're going to win the race again, guys, because there's enough people in Alabama now that are beginning to see that, that they're beginning to see that these single issues have kept Alabama behind. We are considered a pro-life state, but yet we've got, still got one of the highest rates of infant mortality than any state in the country, one of the highest rates of maternal mortality. So I've been trying to focus on getting um, the health care to women and to children to try to get better access and do those things. That's how you That's how you get that point across. That's how you get people coming over to say, wait a minute, this guy's got our back. This guy is thinking, he's actually thinking about us, even though I might disagree with him on this issue or that vote, but this guy's got our back. Well, you know, if if, if I were voting today, I'd vote for you just based on that alone. But of course, I was all, <laughs> but of course, I mean, we're not fooling anybody. I was going to vote for you anyway, Doug. So, but let me, but let me, but, but let me say this though, and, and get you to respond. So what you're really asking for, I think, okay, even if we want to agree to disagree on the on the color texture of the state, <laughs> let's 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 I think we can both agree on this. Um, this is a state that is going to vote on the presidential level for Donald Trump. So what we're really asking people to do is we're asking them to do the same thing that South Carolinians are being asked to do, which is to break away from that straight ticket voting and cast a ballot for in South Carolina and Jamie Harrison and in Alabama incumbent senator who's done so much for us, and I agree with you 100% on everything you said, Doug Jones. What, how, do we, how do you navigate that? Well, I, I don't navigate it. I go straight at it. I just say, look, Alabama has historically in the past had this incredible independent streak. We've done it for a long, long time. Uh, we may vote one way locally, another way nationally, and vice versa. And I would say, let's, let's look at that independent streak because the fact of the matter is, if you want to progress, if you want to move forward, you've got to have voices like mine in the United States Senate. You've got to have a voice that can reach across the aisle, but also you've got to reach it within your aisle. 
you got to pull some people sometimes in your own party to get the things done that are necessary. And so it's not a question just of splitting tickets because that's very dangerous. I, I tell people, don't just, you know, th- you owe it to yourself to look at every candidate and every issue. I do that. I've been a Democrat all my life, but I don't think I have ever pulled a straight lever because I've looked at every issue. And I will tell you that there were times that there were people that I did not vote for that were Democrats because I just couldn't for whatever reason. And and a lot of people will criticize me for saying that. But I think we owe it to ourselves. And I think we don't give enough people credit to think that they say that to look and see. And unfortunately, the Democratic Party in Alabama has been so woefully inadequate of trying to step up and give folks that voice and that alternative that people have been conditioned that it's, well, it's automatic. They must think this and must think that. I think those times are changing. I think we changed that in 2017, and I think people now are going to start looking at individuals and issues, and they're going to start making a decision for themselves. And there's a lot of people out there, guys. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, that, that like President Trump in terms of his policies and some of the things he's done, but they're really uncomfortable with his leadership or lack of leadership. And they want somebody that's looking out for them. And there are a number of things the president has done that has not been good for Alabama, a number of things he's proposed that has not been good for Alabama. And that's where I come in. That's where I come in to stop and say, and that's the difference between me and Tommy Tuberville, who will just sit on Donald Trump's lap and do whatever he asks. (laughs) I love that. That imagery scares me a little bit, but I love that otherwise. (laughs) Uh, Let me just say before Josh asks you some final questions, uh, I got to dap you up, give you a virtual dap, a virtual high five for what you said, the, the, the candor that you just spoke with. You said, as a Democrat, that you have not always voted for the Democratic candidate. That, to me, is the kind of honesty and integrity that we need to see across the board. And I'm going to tell you, and this is just David Person, I'm not speaking for Josh or or even you, Doug, but I'm always uncomfortable with the idea of people pushing straight ticket voting. I don't care if you're talking about Democrats or Republicans. And believe me, I'm about as liberal a guy as you're going to find anywhere. But I still do not, there's still been times like you, Doug, when I've had to say, as liberal as I am, as progressive as I am, I can't vote for this Democrat because of X, Y, Z. And so I haven't done it. Let let me, I I will make this confession, you know, and folks will probably, and folks will probably tell me, y'all all know our state auditor, Jim Ziegler. You know, this, Jim was not always a Republican. Jim's first runs for office were as a Democrat. Okay, okay. I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you know, look, uh, you know, if we're looking for, uh, uh, there's a pretty, there's a pretty good way here to to convince people uh, to to take a hard look at, and split the ticket or however however we want to phrase it here in this, and that's all you all you got to do is go back and look at Tommy Tuberville's positions on pretty much anything uh, because well, he doesn't have any. Yeah. Uh, but but I want to tell you something, guys. There's a better reason than that. 
And the better reason is that the fact is that you've got, you you know, in Washington, D.C., the, the way the Senate, the way the House, the way things really operate up there, you just, there are just so many things that you can do for your state in terms of the economic impact that you can have. And Republicans have some, and Democrats have them. And if you've got two Republicans in the Senate, then they're, that doesn't increase the things that you can get done. But when you've got somebody in the Republican caucus, especially somebody as powerful as Richard Shelby, and you've got a voice in the Democratic caucus, that is a powerful tool for folks. Yeah, again, that is just an important piece of what's been able. That's, that's another reason why I believe that I've been able to accomplish as much as I have been able to because there are those voices. And we we do things for the people of Alabama. We disagree, even though I, I will tell you guys candidly, my voting record with, with Shelby is almost the same as it is with, with Schumer, uh, you know, 67 or so percent. Um, but the fact is, that's an important piece, and, and Richard's going to be gone in two years. And, you know, and I'm going to tell you, the people of Alabama, you can criticize him on certain things, and you can talk about him on a couple of ways, but I'm telling you, he's been a, he has been productive for the state of Alabama, and people in this state are going to miss him when he's gone. And our business community, especially in Mobile and in Huntsville and uh, Birmingham and uh, our universities, they're going to see a gap. Uh, if when Richard Shelby's leaves, they will see a much, much wider gap. If Tommy Tuberville is the <laughs> <else. laughs> they're going to see a gap. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wrote uh, essentially that uh, earlier this week uh, that he electing Tommy Tuberville will cost us billions of dollars in this state. Um, and, uh, and and it will. And, and you just go back and you look at the press releases from Shelby's office about what he's been able to get. And you look at the press releases from your office about uh, the impact you've made in a short period of time. And when you have a person who who does the things that Tommy Tuberville has done uh, with the Ponzi schemes, uh, the lack of you know, the lack of, I guess, just studying issues and being so unprepared and unprofessional uh, in things because that's what he is. He's unprepared and he's unprofessional in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at that that interview yesterday where he essentially turned into Forrest Gump. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, it's over simple questions, you know. Yeah. It, you can't have that because nobody respects you. The people who go to Washington, D.C., you can say what you want to about them, but they take that job seriously when they get there mm-hmm. and nobody, Republican or Democrat, believes Tommy Tuberville is taking it serious right now. No, if you don't take being a Senate candidate serious, you're not going to take the job of being a U.S. Senator serious. Because you've got to be up. You've got to do things like this. You've got to go on tough talk shows and, and, and answer tough questions. You've got to be out there with folks all the time. He's not being a serious candidate. And it's unfortunate that he is where he is. I, I agree with you. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think about Forrest Gump when I saw that. I, I really, I really thought more about Barney Fox. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, I mean, it, I, I've never seen somebody get so agitated over the most benign questions. Those weren't tough questions. They were pretty benign. And the fallback, and again, I've had this conversation a couple times today. You can you can sense the desperation in his tone and his remarks because he just resorts back to these things that are just not true about me. And, and, and that's how you deflect that to say, well, 
Okay. I, I, yes, I can't answer that question. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Let me tell you how bad this other guy is. That's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, crazy. Well, you know, when, when you're, you're trying to prove to everybody that you're a fighter, but you won't enter the fight, uh, you know, that, that right. causes a problem. You know, right. if you're not if you're not going to debate, then, you know, shut up, man. You know, you're not a fighter at that point. Yeah. Your team, you, you, you think your team's favored to win the game, so you stay in the locker room. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody who's an Auburn fan knows how often that happens when I was there. Uh, uh, I got to tell you. Uh, oh, that's uh, how much do you think, before, before we let you go, how, how much do you think people should pay attention to his um, – Ponzi scheme snafus, we'll call them, uh, because he's been in a lot of them, and also win some pretty shady charities. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I think that there is a, a common thread through that, and it, it is common through his coaching career too. It's all about him. It's not about the players. It's not about the schools. It's not about his investors. Uh, it's not about the veterans. It's all about him and the things he can do. He quit his football teams, got his million-dollar payouts to the Cincinnati kids that go to hell. Then he started a hedge fund, recruited all this money, said he was going to manage their funds, took a job in Texas, and quit on them, and their money was stolen. And his partner goes to prison for 10 years. Then he starts his, his veterans thing. He, he does it. He plays golf. He gets all his buddies. They have a big time. He buys a truck. But yet only 18, 20 cents on the dollar go to veterans and go to the charity. It is, it, it's a theme that runs throughout. And so I, I think it's important for people to pay attention. But I'll tell you guys, seriously, uh, it, it, as much as that is important when evaluating him, I do really hope that people will not listen to the lies and look at my record and look at all that we've done for the state and how we've been around, how we brought, uh, you know, millions of dollars in, in potential grant monies to the black belts uh, in Alabama to help their incredibly horrible sewer sanitation issues that they've got there, how we've worked to get money and the hospitals, how we worked over the last six or seven months to save lives and livelihoods by getting money in the payroll protection plan and getting money in unemployment benefits. I do have a clue about how we handle this pandemic and this economic crisis, and I've been working on it, and that is the, the issues that we have been there. So as bad as he is, I do hope folks will look at this and say, you know, we, we got somebody there who's really worked hard. Um, a principled, taking principled votes, whether I agree with them or not, but worked hard to do the kind of things for the people of Alabama that I think everybody in Alabama, when you really pull back all the layers, you could say if you take away the labels, they would say, wow, that's, that's a good record for the people of this state from one end of the state to the other. And I'm really proud of it. Well, you should be, uh, and and the the people of the state should be too, and they would be if we weren't so caught up on the labels, like you said. And uh, you know, I, I hope that in a couple of weeks we can we can get you back on here and talk about the win that you had and uh, and how things are going and, and your plans for the next several years in the in the U.S. Senate there, because uh, you, you nothing that you've done uh, is undeserving of that. Uh, and, and I think it would you would be a guy that made everybody in, in Alabama proud to have there in the U.S. Senate, and and I just I just hope that that comes true. Uh, and, and so maybe we can uh, we can get you back on here in a couple of weeks, Senator. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Happy to do it. Give me give me 12 more days, and we'll talk about it. And get back. Right. I'm looking forward to All it. All right. Well, good luck to you, and and really we appreciate you coming on with us. Take care, Doug. All right, guys. Thanks. Y'all take care. Bye bye. All righty. That was uh, Senator Doug Jones. Uh, man. I can't, I, I can't wrap my head around people 
listening to that man talk and listening to Tommy Tuberville talk and then walking into a voting booth and voting for Tommy Tuberville. It's hard to it's hard to explain, man. I just again, except for this, we know that there are some people who they just absolutely you know, they they just think, okay, Tuberville is an R mm-hmm. and so because of that I'm gonna vote for him. Or Doug Jones is a D and because he's a D it doesn't matter how much he brings to the table for the state; they just can't do it, and that's sad. I think. Yeah, I, it is. It's it's incredibly sad, and it's but it's it's. Listen, that all that right there is the way we wound up in this predicament. Mm-hmm. All right, and mm-hmm. and so it, you're going to have to stop that. Uh, I'm I'm with Doug uh, here. There are a lot of Democrats who I cannot vote for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know and. And it is because of the exact same reasons that I'm trying to tell people not to vote for Tommy Tuberville. Right. It's because they're going there unprepared. Right. They're relying. They're just. They're lazy, and they're relying on the the party affiliation getting them in there. And I know, sure as the world, when they get there, the only thing they're going to care about mm-hmm. is taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. That's all they're going to care about. And so I, I can't. I just can't get behind it. Yeah, and I, I think you know, and I think what we're really talking talking about here is you know this is not really a critique of Democra- of the democratic party mm-hmm. it's a critique about candidates yeah. which really is about character and integrity mm-hmm. and competence yes. so okay i you know without question both of us if we were to look at the layout the republican party platform mm-hmm. uh, layout the democratic party platform we know the platform we prefer, mm-hmm. the Democratic Party platform, sure. because it embodies the values that, that we hold dear, or at least many of the values we hold dear. Mm-hmm. And, and the Republican Party, uh, you know, has been pretty clear that it doesn't. Right. So that's where we are at, at this point in history. Uh, now, having said that, that doesn't mean that every candidate on either side is the right one or the wrong one, as the case may be. Party labels is, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like being in a family. Yeah. You know, we all have that crazy, that crazy good for nothing cousin or uncle mm-hmm. or or whomever mm-hmm. that we know. OK, he's we got the same family name. We got the same bloodline. But would I would I let that person watch my child? <laughs> would I invest money in his or her I business? Them, I wouldn't let watch my dog. Right, man. exactly. Uh, I mean, that's it's the same thing. Yeah, it's it is, and you know, it just you think about people, uh, you know, that, that are more towards the middle of things, you know, and you can find them on both sides, uh, you know, the Mitt Romney, John Kasich kind of guys on the Republican side and, you know, people who, you know, you could go to dinner with and have a nice conversation about issues back and forth where one of those kind of things where you both smile at each other throughout the whole thing. And then, you know, somewhere in there, you find some common ground, you laugh about some stuff, you have a pleasant time. And then sometime down the road, you do it again where, you know, you if we had more of those people, you know, I think that's what we're looking for here. You have a better functioning sort of country because you have them going in uh, the John McCain's, you know, the, those those kind of people, uh, you know, the Schumer's for, you know, what people on the left. Think that Schumer is a washed up. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how he gets vilified. Him and mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the establishment Democrats that mm-hmm. are you know that are right in the middle that are letting Mitch McConnell get away with everything. You know, and it's just that's the sort of thing that I think we've missed. And, and I'll tell you this: uh, you're seeing a big, a big kind of 
shift in the Democratic Party, and people say it's a more liberal uh, shift. It's not a more liberal shift. It's a it's a pro worker shift mm-hmm. is what you're seeing in the Democratic Party, where people there are a number of people that have gotten fed up with working their asses off every single day and falling further and further behind. Right. Right. And so you're seeing those people say, Hey, an AOC or some of these other folks out here that are, that have worked as bartenders that know my struggle, I'm voting for them because they're going to go there and they're going to look out for me. And if the Republican party doesn't start finding some people along those same lines, they're going to be lost for a long time. Yeah, I agree because the, the income, the income inequality gap continues to grow. You know, so obviously you can't you cannot build a future being the party of corporate greed. You can't build a future being the party that only looks out for the people that are making, you know, seven figures, eight figures, nine figures a year. That's not going to it's not sustainable. It ain't trickling down, people. It ain't trickling. No, it's not sustainable. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, We'll come back. uh, We got we'll do the right wing of the week. We'll uh, (laughs) so awesome uh, this week. Uh, And then we'll talk a little bit about our uh, our good AG and secretary of state uh, that uh, have trying like hell to keep people from voting. Suppressing votes. All right. We'll be back in a minute. Alabama politics this week. Alrighty, boys and girls, back to you. Uh, that was a uh, it was good with Mr. Jones and uh, you know our, our follow up to uh, to things and um, he's a sharp guy, man. I mean, I you know I I'm, I don't again just to echo what you said, you know, before we went to break. Mm. I don't know how anybody <laughs> in their right minds could and in good conscience could <laughs> listen to Doug Jones for fifteen minutes. Listen to Tommy Tuberville for five and come away thinking, yeah, I think Tuberville. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that, I just, and I said five because I don't think I could stand listening to him for 15 right, minutes. Yeah, you know, and we, we've got that clip and we're, we're going to play that clip okay. of, of, of Tuberville yesterday with whatever that was. I mean, it, I mean, it, the whole thing together, the whole ensemble and everything, he just honestly got to look like Forrest Gump getting right off the lawnmower and talking. <laughs> I mean, it just, just the way his dumbfounded look about just a simple question about things. And it was just it's so off-putting and so... Uh, so dumb. I mean, it was that's why, and that's what I put on Twitter with it. When I put the clip on Twitter, was the, the dumb is so overwhelming, you know. Yeah. And that's and that that has become a theme around here. And and one of the one of the things we wanted to talk about before we we wrapped up was this lawsuit. Now that the Supreme Court last night took Alabama's side on, uh, and this was Wednesday night. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know we're we're a couple of days, yeah. you know, in between in between things of recording and putting putting this thing out. And you know, I. So the the Supreme Court ruled five three. The you know the, the liberals were overruled. Or, you know, uh, well, they were overruled, but they didn't even write an opinion, which is a whole. No- I'm talking about the conservatives. The conservatives, yeah. Well, I mean that's that's not 
for that sort of a thing is not that uncommon. Uh, normally, it's the dissent that needs to be noted and, and those sorts of things. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they could have because it was such a strong dissent and such a serious issue that's going to be faced in, in other states. But, um, you know, they, they so they overturned Alabama's curbside voting, uh, you know, because and a federal judge uh, and the federal appeals court had both upheld uh, the right of counties, if they chose to do so, mm-hmm. uh, could implement curbside voting to alleviate the risk uh, that COVID-19 posed to uh, people with underlying conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you pull up to the curb, somebody is there, you know, stationed with a ballot, uh, they, you sign the book, uh, they're the poll book, the same as the always, um, you, you fill out your ballot, you hand it to that person, that person puts it, the poll worker puts it into the machine the same way it works, you know. So basically, everything that you walk inside to do, uh-huh. you're just doing it at the right, curb. Right, you're doing it at the curb. So you don't have to get out of your car, you don't have to come in, you stand in a in an enclosed place with a bunch of strangers that you don't know that, right. because the state's not requiring anybody to wear a mask, mm. God forbid. Mm. Um, and so, which. <laughs> I just, you know, and the whole thing, who would challenge that? You know what I mean? Who the hell would challenge that? And But you know why they challenged it. Of course. Because the counties that were going to do it were Montgomery, Mobile, and Jefferson. Predominantly black or or, or least significant black mm-hmm. voting population. And in addition to that, if you're going to the polls and you feel like it is that much of a risk to you, you probably also feel that this virus has not been taken very seriously by the people in charge because it has not. Uh, and you are probably more likely to cast a ballot for uh, the Democratic presidential candidate and the U.S. Senate uh, candidate here in this state. So that's what we're fighting. And let's, let's be real. That's what we're fighting. All right. That's yeah. what the fight was about. It didn't have anything to do with election security. They didn't even, they've done it. We've done the curbside voting in this state. And nobody said a damn word about it. Nobody. There was no problems. You did it. Uh, Merrill put in his, uh, John Merrill, the Secretary of State, put in his brief to, there to them. And I, I assume he put it. I don't know. Somebody else may have written the thing. Well, I don't he, know. He, well, let's put, let's, okay, the buck stops with him. Certainly. So, I'm not, matter no, who I don't mean yeah, to excuse yeah. that at all. I was just talking about who wrote it. Who wrote it. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. It was, he, he's got his name on it. That's, That's his it. baby. That's uh, it. He owns and, it. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, you know, for, for that to be, what. <laughs> You know, he put in there that all of life has an inherent risk. You know, there's an inherent risk in life and in voting, uh, and whether there's a pandemic or not. There's an inherent risk in voting. Yeah. So why That's have, one of the more asinine statements I've well, heard. I got to tell you, the history of Alabama would say that that's true, especially for black people. Well, uh, well, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're talking about a certain time yeah. in history. Not that we're wanting to be proud of that or promote right. it. Right. You know? But I'm saying the very idea, we're talking about voting in 2020. There's no inherent risk no. In, in getting out of your car and casting a ballot unless mm-hmm. you're in a pandemic. Yeah. And, and, and that's, but even that. You know, in addition to that, he put in there, well, how he put several questions, listed several questions. How would they make it safe? How would it be secure? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? You know, and those are all fine questions for the Secretary of State to ask people and y'all to work it out. Figure it out. I mean, it, it would have cost less money and less time for him to just done the damn thing. And why And why would it be any, and the thing I didn't understand was, you know, from his this ridiculous argument that he puts forth, 
how is it any different in terms of the actual the actual mechanics of casting this curbside vote? How is it any different? What's the chief difference? The chief difference is somebody who's authorized. Mm-hmm who's a poll worker, mm-hmm. who's authorized to mm-hmm. handle the materials just like they are when you walk inside, mm-hmm. is the one who's doing it. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Why now all of a sudden are these people, they can't be trusted? Hell, you're the one that hired them. Nah. You're the one that working for, they're working for the government. Why all of a sudden now you can't trust them at the curb, but oh yes, we can trust you yeah. if you're inside the building. <laughs> the safe confines door. of the building. <laughs> That's idiotic and asinine. Uh, of course it is, man. None, none of it made any sense, but as you know, we've said here, none of it had to make any sense. It, listen, I hate to bring this up, mm. but had we worried less about her emails this wouldn't be an issue right now <laughs> alright I mean listen yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, you know yeah, uh, yeah. well those are two evils no 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 it's not I mean you know we've, we're, at, we're at a situation here now does anybody alive think that Hillary Clinton would have handled this pandemic in this manner I know I sure don't nobody yeah, nobody I, uh, I, they, sure I mean it's just even Trump at some point, should have taken a look at this and said, you know what, maybe things didn't go as the way we planned. So I'm going to fall on my sword here and say, you know, we, we, we didn't take it as seriously as we should have, but we're going to put all our efforts into this now. But and, instead of doing that, they've done nothing. And let's, and, let's, and let's take the partisanship out of it, because I'll tell you what, thinking back on the, how many were there, uh, 16 Republicans or something like that who were running in the primary, the Republican primary in mm-hmm. 2016? I can't think of one Republican yeah. on that stage uh-huh. who would have done the cluster blank mm-hmm. that Trump has done. No, I can't either. I can't think of one. I, I, I don't I can't either. And it's... it's um I mean, so, you know, some of them would have been awful presidents. There's, there's no yes. doubt about that. Uh, yeah. But not that level of awful. And, no. Uh, no. I mean, the, the the ridiculous nonsense that, that has gone on over the last four years, I, I pray to God it's coming to an end here in a week or so. Uh, or, well, you know, I guess a week and then whatever, whatever he can blow up in the month or something. Yeah, two months time, that he's, yeah. yeah left in left in there because God only knows what he'll do if he doesn't have any yeah. anything to fear but I'm telling uh, you I'm uh, worried about that yeah yeah uh, but you know I, it, it I just can't it, it's so over the top every single day every single day it's something and people are oh, overblown it's overblown it's not you not take anything that he did had President Obama can you imagine? I think he said this yesterday. Can you imagine if they found a secret Chinese bank account? Mm-hmm. What do you call it? A Beijing Berry? Yeah, <laughs> like, Beijing Berry. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, or it, had had Obama stormed out of an interview with Leslie Stahl? Uh, I mean, just every day had he employed his daughters at the White House and, yeah. put, and put them up at the UN? You know? While at the same time, that daughter is making millions of yes. dollars with everything from Chinese patents to God knows what else, what? taking full advantage oh. of the access and the platform that she has, yes. she and her husband both. Wow. It's a criminal organization. Wow. The Trumps are a criminal organization. While wow, they are going after Hunter Biden. For yes. God's sakes, for and let me tell you, this laptop story 
Mm-hmm. If you believe this nonsense, mm-hmm. that this dude who lived in California took his laptop to a computer store in Delaware, uh, that the guy didn't see him because he's legally blind, but now he thinks it's Hunter Biden, and it, it just so happened to end up in Rudy Giuliani. That, this is so dumb. Uh, I mean, I don't know where that came from. It and those, came so, from so, the same place that the 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 the, the lizards and yeah. the lizard people and pedophiles came uh, from in the in the basement of the pizza shop. I mean, it comes from the same place. It's just the absurdity that has gone on here and the yeah. depths. Let me tell you this. I, I'll predict this. If Trump gets crushed the way it looks like he's going to get crushed, Lord God, I hope so. Um, I hope so. In ten years. You won't be able to find ten people that will admit that they were that they Trump were supporters. Trump supporter. <laughs> I, I yeah, that's true. Yeah, in ten years you won't be. Everybody that's will true. hate him. It'll be. Well, I'm it, keeping receipts on some yeah, of them. Oh, so. I They'll never be able to live it down. I'm keeping receipts on. Uh, I got two Republican friends. I'm like, oh, you're going to remember this till the day yeah, you exactly. die. Yeah, if exactly. I have anything to say about it. I, I'm, I'm going to. I've already told people, listen, you yeah. roll by me with one of those red hats on, and I just think that you know, yeah. that's, I'm, I'm going to take a picture of you. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> taking a picture, and we're going to we're going to talk about that red hat in about 10 years, yeah. about the yeah. dumb nonsense that you put, you, you allowed to go on that's and that right. you supported. and. I mean it. It is ridiculous the things that have that that's happened with this guy and what's what's going on here. And you know, we, we talked a little bit about the uh, the debates and things. I know that we're, we we record this on Thursday and it drops on Friday, so we're we're obviously recording just before the debates on Thursday nights. And mm. uh, you know I. I, you know, I think we we fall a little. We disagree a little bit on this. I, mm-hmm. You know, I know you think that that Biden shouldn't shouldn't debate nope. him and give him the, the nope. platform. Don't I think so. I I'm of the opinion that the more you see of Trump in a controlled setting, uh, where normalcy is also adjacent to him. Uh, the worse it is for him. Where if you put him up there and it's supposed, to, there's a process that's supposed to take place, and there is someone acting normal on the same stage with him, the worse he comes off every single time uh, to the majority of Americans. You know, your 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 Trump loving morons who are going to vote for him anyway. They're going to think he's great and he's powerful and he really put Biden in his place and all that macho nonsense from the guy that couldn't handle Leslie Stahl for 15 minutes. Right. Uh, but it, what's going to take place there is is I think going to be a turnoff for most people. Well, I think there will be people who will be turned off. But I still think that the damage that Joe Biden uh, subjects himself to, first of all, literal damage in that Trump has already made it pretty clear that he can't be trusted in terms of of his behavior related to COVID-19. So why expose yourself to that? But then on top of that, um, he's also demonstrated that um, he's he can't be trusted to follow rules and to engage in a civic a civil conversation. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see this this asinine display of of uh, you know monkey business with Trump again. <laughs> you know, despite the commission's you know and the commission, by the way, they're weak and flaccid. But that's a whole other. Well, issue. I no man, they are. I, I they are. I can't though. I can't. I can't fault. Everybody, it's the kind of the same way you know where people are talking about. Well, you know, you're, you're let Trump get away with everything with it with the story. We've gone through this now for you know, what going on two hundred years or so, and and, and uh, you know 
or a little more than that, whatever, whatever it is, you know, you know, me and math. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'm still what are we talking about? Uh, the, 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 the age of the country is what I'm Oh, oh, the age of the country. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay, right, uh, right. But so my, my point being math aside, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, we've never had this. It's, it's honest to God, it's like the, uh, the John Mulaney bit about there's a horse loose in the hospital. We, we, and we don't, you don't know what, what you're supposed to do about this sort of thing. And so the system is not set up for a president who lies repeatedly, a president who, who refuses to tell, who employs people and encourages them to lie repeatedly. You know, I mean, that's like that first interview with or the first press conference with Spicer where he rolled out there and said, the largest crowd, period. And everybody's like, what the hell? What? He what was that? Right. What? You know? Right. What? What? But, but don't you think after you know four plus years? I mean, counting campaigns, uh-huh. after four plus years of this of this guy and his insanity, his lies, all of this this circus, that's plenty of time for the commission, the presidential commission, on these debates to say, you know what. We're going to have to toughen up. We're going to have to put some constraints in so that this can be meaningful for people and not just a damn waste of time, which is what it's been. As far as I'm concerned, that 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 first debate that they did was a, it was a freaking waste of time. There was no purpose in it, you know. So you know, See, that's so, where we disagree. Well, I know that's where we I disagree. That but I, I great think, for Biden. Well, I you know I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure about that because, you know, my my concern is that when you are when you are going into a shootout with a knife, thinking about gentlemanly uh, tactics, mm-hmm. I don't think you look very good. I don't think you look very strong. And I think there were times when Biden looked like a, a mature adult, but there were also times that I think he looked like uh, somebody who was ill prepared to deal with this crazy man that's on the other side of the stage. I think it, it, it creates opportunities for him to be bested uh, in in terms of just, because Trump has no boundaries, he has no he doesn't care what he does. So I, I just think I think it's an unnecessary risk. Why even why even dignify that kind of insanity with you know some kind of uh, normalcy? I I don't see the point in it. Well, I, I'll tell you, I, I, part of the reason is um, because I think um, I think the the normal. Uh, the normal thing here is for you to have the debates, you know, for as what people expect there to be, uh, whatever they turn into, you know, they, they turn into that. And I think by, by holding them, you demonstrate your willingness to go and, and participate in the norms and, uh, treat the process seriously and and respectful uh, and, and respect the voters that are there. And if the other person shows up, and acts like a complete and utter buffoon, then you the only thing you can do is trust that the voters are going to say see that for what it is and and say you know and hold him accountable right. for not treating that process. Now whether that so, happens or not, I don't. Uh, you know, so I would argue that that mission has been accomplished. If that's the mission, he accomplished that in debate one. Why go through another one? I, I mean, I, and I understand that. I mean, it's, and it's listen, it's. it's it's fine, fine point. I just, I, I just never think. I never, I never go away from debates. I never go away from putting two people on the stage and seeing who they really are. 
you know, and if that's who they, if that's who you really are, then you know that's that's how it works. I mean, I'm fine. You know. I, and I would say we already knew who Trump. Was. Oh well, we do. But that first debate, if there was any doubt left, it should have been eradicated yeah. at that point. I, 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 we don't have any doubts. I just, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, it's uh, uh, all right. Let's do right wing up. All right, let's do it. All, all right. right. So our. <laughs> <laughs> Our right wing of the week has come full circle here. Yes, he has. Uh, because he was my 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 right wing. Uh, I don't even know what the the guy that I liked. Uh, he, you liked him. Uh, I did. I thought he handled. I himself. called him your boy more than once. Uh, he did. It took great glee. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> great glee. Yes, uh, on him, my boy, your boy. Um, but our, uh, our 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 lieutenant governor, mm-hmm. uh, Will Ainsworth. Um, He's got the COVID. Uh, and that is not why no. he is our right wing no, of the week. No, not at all. No, not, not at all. No. Uh, we don't wish that fact, on anybody. Matter of fact, let me just say it is the official position mm-hmm. of the Alabama politics this week. Is our name right? That is our name. <laughs> Alabama politics this week podcast. It is our official position that we wish him well. Absolutely. Uh, hope for a speedy. Uh, from what it seems, he does not seem to be that sick so far. Um, and so far, and and I hope that that remains the case. Amen. Uh, and that uh, he, nothing, and and that nobody else in his family. Amen. Double uh, he amen. He likes to, to spend that. a lot of time with the kids, running around to ball games and stuff. And mm. I hope that all all that continues, and they don't have to miss anything, and and everybody recovers. And everybody's just fine. Absolutely. That said, yes. The reason why he qualifies for this wing's right wing of the week is is because post acting like a sane person, he began to act like a crazy person again <laughs> when it comes to COVID, and <laughs> Will just went off the rails with this. I, I, I assume he was trying to win back some of the right wing yeah. respect, yeah. Uh, and. Begin telling people that it was okay. Don't worry about it. We're going to start restart the youth sports. We're going to get back out there, and then and long after that, the governor and yeah, opposed the governor. governor several times. Yeah, because, when she was taking yeah, responsible yeah. positions on yeah, COVID. Yeah, but putting putting press releases out and stuff mm-hmm. did not make the governor's office very happy mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and in addition to all of that, he also tweeted that. In-person church services had started again, and that he was happy to see them, and that they would be going because that's the best fit for him and his family. Mm. And David, where did Will contract COVID? Uh, I believe it was at a Sunday school class. <laughs> Indeed, it was yeah. at a Sunday school class. Sunday school class. Um, and you know there are many, many messages I think to go <laughs> mm. to go with that. Um, uh, I, I just. Hey, look, you know what? I miss church. I, I miss going to church. I enjoy the experience. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit up here and pretend that I go every single week. I don't. Mm-hmm. But I go on a regular basis and I love it and I miss it. But having said that, I ain't about to walk in nobody's church at this particular juncture, man. It ain't happening. It ain't I, happening. I know. No. I, I, I feel bad for Will because I know he's, he's taking it bad. And, and I do, listen, as for all of his faults and for all the things that he says, I, I like Will. He's a, 
Will believes what he believes. He's a genuine person with it. It's usually not BS. Um, and so, you know, we get along. I can get along with you if you're genuine. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you genuinely believe things, even if it's stupid, mm-hmm. I can, I, we're, we can get along. It's yeah. Fine. Uh, we can talk about other stuff and, and do all that. And, uh, Will's a good Auburn person. And so, I, you know, we, we get along fine. And so, uh, but this, I mean, Sure. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. All right. And again, I'm saying this as I said. Somebody who who misses going to church. Uh, for the record, I, I have not missed it. You have not missed. I it. have not okay. missed. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. This is America. You don't have to miss. Mm-hmm. You don't have that's to right. miss church. This is America. That's a beautiful thing about mm-hmm. this country. So here's the problem. We're talking about groups of people gathering. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is. Science has shown us over the course of this this virus as we've watched it and this pandemic as we've watched it, there is no safety in numbers. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's danger in numbers. <laughs> That's right. Danger. So let me ask you this uh, before we before we wrap up and stuff. Yeah. What so what have you done? Uh, like, uh, what? what is, uh, are you still not going to restaurants, still not going out, still not doing? I, I do not go inside restaurants. Uh-huh. Uh, I will eat outdoors. For example, uh, a friend of mine and I went to, uh, there's a place in Huntsville called Rhythm on Monroe. Mm-hmm. They've got a rooftop, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of very nice rooftop uh, component to their restaurant. So we went, yeah. we went up there, rooftop, you know, you're outdoors. It was perfectly fine, mm-hmm. but I'm not going into a confined space with large numbers of people. Right. That's not happening. You're lucky I come into this studio, <laughs> this little box of a no, studio with I you. I forgot about that. I forgot. I, I, I apologize. I, I completely. We'll, we'll talk about that after. Because I, that, yeah, I, I am. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I forgot. I completely forgot about that. About, yeah. about you saying that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We just we just move forward like you didn't say anything. Just <laughs> ignored you completely. I didn't know. <laughs> Well, I've been, believe me, I've been working on that. I have an update for you. Okay. But but anyway, so that's my position. I, you know, I don't, I don't go inside any clubs. Well, I, I mean, you know, other than, you know, if I'm in the store, of course I go in the store. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm in, I'm out. I'm not sitting and congregating. Mm -hmm. That ain't happening. Yeah. I, I, to me, I will do pretty much anything outside. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I honestly, I believe. You would you would probably be okay to have full stadiums at places. Uh, I, I don't. I I I think as long as you're outdoors. Now I'm, mm-hmm. I'm saying stadiums, not not right, arenas, right, not enclosed arenas. Right. Well, but, the, 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 I'll just say this quickly. Mm-hmm. I think you're right in terms of people coming in and sitting. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is. If there's not, well, there are two problems. One, if you're not socially distanced sitting, you know, it's okay if you're coming in with your family, but mm-hmm. I'm saying, you know, when you start getting too many disparate groups of people in yeah. one place in close confines, that's a problem. And the other problem is interests and egress. Mm-hmm. You're all going to be, unless well, there's an orderly, unless there's a way to socially distance when you enter and, and, and you exit, yeah. that's where you're going to have problems. I, I don't. I am of the belief, okay. my extensive science background, All right. uh, of failing most of my science classes in college. Well, I'm glad uh, you put that out there. Yeah, so take this with all of the weight that you should, which is zero, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I am under the, I am of the belief uh-huh. that it is very hard to transmit this virus outdoors. Uh, and now I don't say that just with that, just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I have read several stories 
listened to several actual scientists mm-hmm. who have been on the forefront of this about mm-hmm. you know with their studies and monitoring the disease and the transmission of things and i maybe i'm wrong and and people can send me whatever they'd like to send me to change my mind because listen i change it all the time and, I, and i'm not I'm not beholden to this. Right. I don't care. Right. Uh, right. No, you know, nobody's giving me a grant for this. Okay, for this opinion. <laughs> right. uh, so, uh, but I, I don't think I can't recall, and I don't know if there has been a um, an outbreak that has been traced back to an outdoor event. The White House. That was indoors. The Coney Barrett. Thing. No, that was outdoors. That was indoors. It was in the in the room, right? In the in the I room. I thought they were sitting. I thought. I, I know they that they had outside. some things outdoors too, but I yeah. thought they had another one indoors, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe. maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Listen, okay, I, then, I, listen. I've only seen the pictures of them. Oof, just like that, my theory is blown up. That's <laughs> 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 how science works. You put a theory well, out but there. Here, and, but here's the problem with them. It, it, it doesn't really blow up your theory, and I'll tell you why. Now. Again, I've only seen pictures of the outdoor ceremony because that. So I, I believe it was outdoors. But here's what we saw: we mm-hmm. saw people without masks mm-hmm. hugging mm-hmm. and talking mm-hmm. to people without masks in close proximity. Yeah. So that was the problem there. It wasn't that they were meeting outdoors. It was all of that commiserating that happened, and that's what concerns me about church and 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 even you know rolling in the stadiums. You mm-hmm. know, you got you know you, unless again unless they're controlled controlling the entrance and the exit, people are going to commiserate. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. Well, if you look at those stadiums in college football right now, mm-hmm. they, they're only letting in a small number, but then they're letting them sit all together. So what difference does it make? Uh, okay. Now, I have seen, now, I haven't seen a lot of games, mm-hmm. but I've seen, and I and I noticed they're doing the same thing actually with, you know, uh, Major League Baseball with the World Series. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that people, has been a lot different. That, that's a lot pe- different, yeah. Yeah, and I have seen people, but they're sort of Mm. Separated. So, that's so, not college that's, football. That's not, they're all all the students are packed into the same place. Oh well, that's yeah. a problem, man. Yeah, that's so, a problem, man. But you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how much of an issue that is. And so, mm. you know, listen, we're, you know, basically at this point, I'm just throwing stuff against the wall. So, what's it? Listen, well, hey, this I, is the era of Trump. I mean, that's what that's what people do. <laughs> that's what I want to believe. Okay, I believe it. You believe it. Whatever. Uh, I'm a pretty smart guy. I know more than the doctors. All right. Uh, but no, it, I just uh, I, I I have I've been to restaurants, um, but what we typically do is we'll say, all right, we're going to go here, and but we're going to go in and we're going to look around first, and if it's packed, we're out, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, but I will sit in one if things like, for example, went to a very good uh, uh, Mexican restaurant in uh, in Chattanooga last weekend, um, uh, Taco Mamacita, uh, and that is a. It's a that's good, but I like I mean, the name. There was one over here and one over there. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So the tables were all separated out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and, and nobody was sitting near us. Uh, so I, I was okay with that. Um, you know, uh, and but we have went to the went to the beach. Uh, we, well, we've been to the beach a bunch of times, but uh, so uh, 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 beaches. Uh, I think would uh, actually. I think beach is fine I, again I as long as you're not. 
clustering yeah. around of you know yeah we, what we did people. we stayed well we were there for pretty much the entire month of july in ponce inlet uh, mm. and and so we but we stayed there with with my parents and because that the those are our babysitters <laughs> so there you go. Uh, so there we can we can actually work better from the beach mm-hmm. this is what we told everybody uh, <laughs> uh, what are we gonna do you know that's uh, we gotta stay here tough life is tough uh, uh but we said so where the babysitters yeah. are <laughs> so we stayed there but we we uh we ordered in most of the time yeah. the t- the few times we did go out to eat was outdoor seating uh so, sort of thing and so but yeah I, you know i I, you know, I think it's going to take a vaccine, man, before things go back to normal. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I hate that. But. Well, yeah, it's going to take a vaccine. And I, and I still think that, um, that as Dr. Fauci would say, all you got to do is just put on the cloth mask. A lot of our problems and challenges would be alleviated if people would just consistently wear the mask. Well, I did that, and then I read the study that said my mask was worse than not wearing a mask. So, well, yeah, I don't buy that. Don't. And Fauci, Fauci, Fauci to me has, has been pretty credible. So, yeah. well, no, everybody's tired of that guy. <laughs> they're tired of the virus. They're tired of the tired virus. of Fauci. Yeah. Tired of it. All right, listen. That's going to do it uh, for the first uh, first episode. Back. This is uh, this is a good one. I, thought, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed think, the conversation. Uh, and really, that's why we do it. Doug was great. For us, we do it yeah. for us. And yeah, if you sure. like it, selfish selfish yeah, motives. Certainly. Yeah, and listen, if, well, I mean, we know more than these people. Come on. <laughs> As I've proven through my science talk. Come on. Uh, uh, no, listen, uh, we uh, we appreciate you, you hanging around with us, and, yes, uh, yes, and hopefully you're yes. enjoying it. And we're gonna well, we're gonna get some stuff out about uh, you know the ways that uh, you guys can kind of help support this thing as well if you'd like to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, and, and really the best way to do that is to subscribe. Uh, go to wherever you get your podcast and subscribe, uh, you know, or stream it through through our website, and you'll see some you'll see some ads, you'll see some some different things come about over the next few weeks and stuff, and uh, you know, and hopefully, me and David will drive new cars and stuff. So, hey, yeah, look well, that. probably not. Yeah, probably, that's probably true. All right, so, all right, listen, that's gonna wrap it up for week number one. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take it easy.